0: Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Consen, sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Consen is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Hello, everyone. This is Dr.
1: Jennifer Consen with The Art of Intimate Marriage. And we've been covering all kinds of things on previous broadcasts, and today we're going to talk about the area of intimacy around touch and affection. There are many ways that touch and affection influence how sexuality goes, how satisfied couples are in sexuality. But there's also a lot of different pieces that affect how somebody individually feels about touch and then how they interact around touch, just either from their background or what they've experienced in the relationship and for many other reasons. So today we're going to kind of explore both um, what affects how we feel about touch, what's helpful about touch, and then how that comes into play in the overall relationship and then somewhat how it overlaps into sexuality. So yeah, touch and affection overall when I'm working with couples and I'm helping them in their intimacy in their marriage. And sometimes they do, they come in saying, we have sexual issues and that's all we wanna concentrate on. We're doing great in every other area of our relationship. And almost always when that when someone shares that with me, They feel that way. They might say those things. But the reality is when sex is problematic, it does affect all of the other areas of the relationship for most couples. And one of the areas that it can affect is touch and affection. So I do work with couples um, on the whole relationship, on intimacy overall. And generally where I start, which is why we have previous broadcasts on how to really promote good connection emotionally and verbally in marriage. There's several topics we've already covered on that. Why? Because that's where I start when I'm working with couples. How is their verbal intimacy going? And then we work on uh, relational intimacy. So this is friendship, which was um, the broadcast last week huge. If that's not going well, it affects sexuality. And then when I'm working with couples, I go to talking about just touch and affection, not necessarily even sensual touch and definitely not sexual touch, but just the common everyday touches that happen in relationships, or perhaps they aren't happening in a relationship and why that is. So touch and affection, why would I work on that? Because it very much affects how uh, someone's sexual relationship is going. So, uh, gradually improving each of these areas, or improving each of these areas at whatever pace, overall helps any couple's intimate relationship. So let's look at it. Touch and affection starts out with really understanding how did Jesus of uh, you touch and how is he how did he interact around touch and he's such an incredible example of how beautiful touch is when you see him we know this if you if you've if you know your scriptures you know he he touches people when he when he's healing he touched the leper when he's healing peter's mother in Matthew eight he he touches her we now know when you read the rest of the scriptures he could heal somebody without touching them he could heal them with a thought across a whole town, not even nearby. That's the level of power he had to heal. But even when he was healing people, he was touching them, though it wasn't physically necessary. When he brings the girl back from the dead in Matthew 9, he takes a hold of her hand. You see him this way, not just when he's healing, but just how Jesus is, even with his enemies. He's he's attacked and Someone cuts off his attacker's ear and he reaches across and touches that man to heal his ear. So even his enemies, he uses touch. It it talks about this in Matthew 23 when he looks out over the Jerusalem and he says that he wants to gather them under his wings. And he's talking about the very people that uh, want to stone him. And And he uses a physically affectionate term to describe how he feels about them. So even with those who taught against him and fought against him, he expressed affection. When you see how he is with children, that's such a great example. I love how Mark 7 and 10 talk about how he held them in his arms. He put his hands on them. So again, you see not just his hands touching, but his entire body just wrapped around, right, in his arms. And when you see him with other people, he is so personal about his touch. You know, someone else touches him, the woman who's been bleeding for many years. Someone else touches him and he stops a whole procession and everybody around him and says, who touched me? And then he wants to personally engage with her and talk to her. So his touch wasn't an impersonal touch. It was very personal personal and you see it in all the ways he interacted you know he's he's uh washing the disciples feet and as we know their feet were probably sticky and smelly and dirty and ew right and he washed them over and over he touches he's very affectionate um You know, you think about when he's with Peter on the water and says to Peter, come out, and Peter steps out of the boat and starts to walk and then sinks, and how he holds out his hand to uh, Peter, who got scared as he was walking on the water. He holds out his hand and helps Peter up. So he's an incredible example, Jesus is, of touch. Why is that important? Because we need to make sure we understand how touch fits in the whole picture of following God, following Jesus. Well, surprise, surprise, but we find this also supported in research that has been done on touch. There's a lot of research on touch and the importance of it. They actually did a research study um, with participants from five different nations and found this was an interesting finding, especially with sexuality, is that for men, they found that they felt happy in their relationship if the biggest area was happening and the biggest area they mentioned was physical intimacy. Yes, that included orgasm, but it included kissing, cuddling, touching their partner, caressing. So touch, this came out in this Five Nations study by Hyman and uh, her colleagues. It came out to say that this was more important for the men than for the women, that physical touch and affection... As far as overall satisfaction in their relationship was found with men more than it was with the women. So we tend to go, well, it's a woman thing. That's definitely not true of who comes into my office and who I interact with, even in the ministry that we lead. Men need and want touch and non-sexual touch touch. We tend to go, well, you know, men, you know, whenever they touch, I can't tell you the number of women that will say, yeah, he likes to touch, but it always leads to sex. And the majority of men I work with are like, no, I like affection. I like touch. So we tend to see it more as a female thing. And it's it's just not. It's a need for both. And the reality is for all the research All of those pieces were found to build sexual satisfaction, that if touch, non-sexual touch is happening in the relationship, research shows that men and women are more satisfied in their sexual relationship. They also found that if a couple engages in warm touch, so this is cuddling, the gentle holding, things like that, that it literally lowers stress, which isn't a surprise because we found that about just stress overall, the more people touch and have intimate relationships, the lower their stress is. But it also affects the stress they might feel about their sexual relationship. In other words, if there are problems in their, either physically or so on, that are causing issues with sex, if affection overall in the relationship is going well, it affects how stressed they feel about their sexual relationship. So... All kinds of of pieces that are positive about touch. We do know that if touch happens only in the context of sexual intimacy, then it actually is correlated with low relationship and sexual satisfaction. In other words, couples that don't engage in touch except when they are engaging sexually don't feel very happy in their marriage and in their sex life. So that's not a surprise, right? Well, so these are the pieces where sex overlaps into sexuality, but we do know, excuse me, where touch overlaps into sexuality, but we do know that touch has a lot of other benefits. It lowers blood pressure, heart rate, helps with cardiovascular circulation. It lowers stress hormones, the cortisol activation. They've done studies where they've seen how babies that are uh, touched more cry less If someone's in a deep coma, they have improved heart rate if their hand is held. So they've literally done studies, even with like ADHD, diabetes, migraines, asthma, depression, that people that engage in healthy touch do better in all of those specific areas. If premature babies, one study found if premature babies are given like a massage, then So there's the touch. They're more alert. They're more active. They're more responsive. And they gain weight faster. What's up with that, right? It affects people's health, touch does, from babies to those in nursing homes. Um, They did a study on eating disorders where massage actually helped people in uh, some of the symptomology that is connected with eating disorders. Uh, We definitely know that's the case with depression, Uh, depression is definitely affected by lack of touch and then when um, individuals have good healthy touch in their lives it does help their depressive symptoms so okay what does that mean it just means that touch is a good thing people have higher self-esteem when they're touched Um, I'm sorry I have to add this one waitress they did a study on waitresses actually not one waitress but a bunch of waitresses who Got higher tips when they briefly touched the hands and the shoulders of people (laughs) that were at their tables. So what's up with that? We need touch. People need touch. Okay, that's nice. But in all reality with many couples, touch is an area of great conflict or um, conflict itself affects how couples feel or respond to touch. And men and women are different in this. Men often, when they've been in in an argument, they need touch to feel better about it. And in general, uh, women are the exact opposite. Men, sex particularly, they feel like helps with their level of connection. But for women, they need to feel connected often to even have The desire for sex. So you do have male female differences around both touch and sexuality in connection with conflict in the relationship. People some people when they when there's been conflict, they want to get closer physically, and other people just need to be farther physically. And learning to respect that for married couples is important. If your spouse, when they're sad, stressed, angry, needs room and needs space, it's important to recognize that and honor that. If your spouse actually, when they're stressed, angry, hurting, needs a touch, needs an arm around them, needs a hug, it's important that you know that because not everybody's the same. So we're gonna take some time here. We're gonna go into some other aspects, but let me just take a minute to explain some of how this program works and some ways that you can be supportive of it. We are going to be putting all of these broadcasts, and most of them that have already happened are already on my website. So you can go onto The Art of Intimate Marriage and you can listen to previous broadcasts on there. There's also some blogs. There's a link for my book, The Art of Intimate Marriage, that is available on Amazon and on Kindle. And there's also a place there for if you want to contribute. We would love to see this program go out to... Farther than San Diego, and at other times of the week. So, if you can be helpful to that, more people will hear the message. So, a couple little plugs there. We do want to go back into some other areas right now on overall what are some of the challenges that occur around touch itself? And that can be very true in someone's background and also in their marital relationship. If someone experiences any kind of invasive violating touch, clearly it will affect how they feel about touch as an adolescent and as an adult and in their adult romantic relationships and in their marriage. So if someone is highly reactive to touch, it can be connected to physical abuse in their background, sexual abuse in their background and any other kind of violating touch. If touch was forced within family members or friends of the family or if it was shamed if someone was affectionate, if there were negative interactions around touch growing up, if somebody felt like maybe it wasn't a sexual touch or it wasn't even physical abuse, but it was invasive touch where they didn't want to be touched and didn't feel like they had the right to say, no, thank you. Then that can cause issues with touch as people are maturing and coming into adulthood and in their later relationships. So invasive touch is quite problematic. If you have a background in that, or if your spouse does, it's important to explore that. I have a whole chapter actually on touch and a communication exercise that I have couples do for my book. And you can easily get a hold of that because the first place to start is just as a couple to talk about it. What are some things in someone's background that could be affecting how they feel even in their marriage? The other piece is that some of those challenges happen within the marriage. If, like I said earlier, if the sexual relationship becomes problematic... I have yet to work with a couple where it doesn't affect their touch and their affection in other parts of their relationship. Sometimes because if um, someone feels like the only time my spouse touches me is during sex, then they start to pull back from affection in the marriage because they feel like, well, if she touches me, if he touches me, it means they're going to want sex. And so then they start to pull back from all kinds of different affection. So, That's very real. And helping couples with how to communicate about that and and how to be able to say, um, I always talk about, I I actually teach couples how to refuse sex. Um, Why? Because if they know they can, and that they have a right over their body, all of a sudden, affection picks up. Very, very important to know that your body is yours. When that When that becomes problematic, where someone feels like their body is no longer their own or that they don't have a right to put boundaries around what they're comfortable with, or maybe they're just not assertive with what they like and don't like, it can cause them to pull back from touch. And this is, can be very true if, if you're a parent that is at home with your kids. One of the common things I hear is, oh, my gosh, I get touched all day long. My kids are clinging on me. I, I, you know, Especially if they're breast, the woman is breastfeeding and she's like, my body's not my own. And then he comes home and he wants to touch me. Well, this is true because I do work with dads who, you know, also their kids are always on them and touching. And, you know, if you're not somebody who really likes as an adult, that kind of physical interaction, it can affect how you feel about um, just affectionate touch between you and your spouse. And like I said earlier, some people want to be touched when they're sad and stressed and angry and others aren't. And so learning how to communicate around that and honor that is huge. You may also be somebody that experiences different illnesses. You may experience pain. You may have a chronic pain syndrome. And let me tell you, it's vital to learn how to talk about and work through issues with touch when pain's involved. Because when someone's in pain, either because they've had a surgery or a serious illness... They will draw back from all kinds of interaction, even talking heart to heart because they're concerned about their physical body. Maybe they don't even know they're concerned and that's why they're pulling back. So paying attention to how illness and pain affects somebody's uh, emotional reaction to touch or, or preference for touch is important. So talking, talking, that's, I'm always telling people, just you just need to talk more. So... The reality is there are all kinds of different types of touch. There is What we're talking about today is what I would call whole body touch. So there are different erogenous zones in your body. You've got the genital erogenous zones, which would be level one. So those are the breasts, the nipples, the scrotum, the anus, the vagina, the penis. Those are the super sensitive areas of the body that are also genitals. That would be the erogenous zone one in most of the literature. The second erogenous zones would be the really sensual, sensitive parts of the body that aren't sexual. And that would be oh, you're, the the thighs, the inner thighs, behind the knees, the neck, bottom of the feet, palms of the hands, the small of the back, the buttocks, the stomach so on right these are the more they're they're in most of those areas especially the inner arm the inner thigh the 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 nerves are closer to the surface so they're very very responsive to touch very light touches can be felt in those areas then you've got other parts of your body that aren't quite so sensitive and yet they still need touch so this would be the level 3 erogenous zones this would be the whole rest of the body that may not be quite so sensitive but that loves touch this would be your hands your legs, your shoulders, your head, the scalp, your arms, especially your lower arms, the fingers. So our bodies, when those areas, this is the whole body touch, what would be the level three erogenous zone. If those areas don't receive touch, I describe it as then someone experiences a skin hunger. They're hungry for that kind of touch. And that might be you, or that might be your spouse. And learning for couples, learning to go, oh, and this uh, learning to go, oh, my spouse, they just there's somebody that needs touch more. And I'm going to intentionally give that or I'm more touchy. And if I do it too much, it makes my my spouse feel smothered. Learning to talk about those things and figure them out is vital. There's actually a whole chapter on this in His Needs, Her Needs by Harley on to Affection. And it helps couples realize if this is a need my spouse has, you know, what can I do to meet that need? Well, the other end is true also. If this is something that's highly problematic with my spouse, how can we talk about this and meet each other's needs? Because it affects how your marriage is going and it affects sexuality. I love, I mentioned this quote the last couple weeks, but I just wanna emphasize it here. As far as how touch overlaps into sexuality, remember, touch the heart and mind of your spouse before you touch their body. It is important. That's why even in previous broadcasts, we've talked about the overall friendship and marriage. Go there first. Work on emotional connection. Work on verbal connection. And then absolutely work on affection and touch. It's important. It's vital. I just shared a bunch of statistics that show that. What you don't want to do is demand it, command it, all that stuff. It doesn't work very well. So first of all, make sure you're connected heart to heart, soul to soul, and work on your overall affection in your marriage. I do think it's vital that um, we know from Corinthians that it says that the wife's body doesn't belong to herself alone, but also to her husband. The husband's body doesn't belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Notice the first part. And I've I've talked about this before, that your body does belong to you first and foremost, and then also to your spouse. So when it comes to touch, talking about it helps you explore how to invite each other in, how that not to uh, demand or put upon someone else touch that they are not comfortable with. And that does happen in even good marriages where it overlaps into feeling like I don't have a choice any longer with my body. So talk about that. Is touch comfortable between both of you? Does one or the other ever feel um, smothered or too much or doesn't feel like they can say it's too much? So how does this go into the other areas of touch, which would be around sexuality and sensuality? Um, sometimes couples come in and I have them talk through how do they feel about touch while in public. And this just brings up a lot because sometimes people are totally okay with touch in their own home. But boy, when they're out in public, don't touch me. Don't do that. It, it, it's usually connected with experiences that someone has where they've seen people be inappropriate in public. And so then they're uncomfortable with any kind of affection in public. So first of all, talk about that. And second of all, for many couples, they their relationship is enhanced when they can engage in even sensual and sexual touch. In public and yet still hidden. So, what I'm talking about here is the kind of touches where we see it, right, in all the movies. Uh, he, she gently glides their foot up along the leg, right? So, underneath the table. So, it's a caress from the foot to the calf, underneath the table. It's sensual, it's sexual, it's romantic, right? Well, not everybody explores that kind of touch, feels comfortable with that kind of touch, or even talks about that kind of touch. So I wonder what it would be like for you as a couple to start talking about how comfortable are you with those kinds of hidden touches, with the hand across the buttocks when no one else can see it, but only your spouse knows. You know, is that embarrassing? Does it feel violating? Is it fun? Does it make you laugh? Is it something you can enjoy together? Some people will say yes, other people will say no, and it feels uninvited or violating or embarrassing. So talk about what's okay, not okay in public. I always review with couples, how are they doing holding hands? How are they doing hugging? So I would start there, start on those basics. How are, how do you feel? Do you talk to each other about, I don't really like interlacing our fingers. You know, have you ever told your spouse that, that you're not comfortable with how they put their arm around you or with how long they hug you? So I want to just give you a couple questions to ask each other. Talk about what you really do and don't enjoy about touch. Tell your spouse specifically what type of touch you like to receive and what type of touch you like to give. And then tell them what type of touch they are good at. Both of you share those things back and forth. And then maybe end with the type of touch you would like more in your relationship. So start off first talking. Share with each other how you feel about touch and then go from there. I hope this is helpful to you. This is Jennifer Consen with The Art of Intimate Marriage. Until next time.
0: Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now let's be real. This is not a typical radio program and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Consen to address here on air, email her at jenniferconsen at yahoo.com. Kanzin is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N. Jennifer Kanzin at yahoo.com. We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. To give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Kanzin's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.